Philippians chapter 3, it says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. He says, To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Let me read that part again. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. And I thought about what he said right there on two levels. One, I say a lot of stuff to our congregation multiple times. Everybody, everybody ever noticed that? If there was one phrase that could possibly be put on my tombstone, what would that phrase be? Oh, uh, we'll perish, but I do say that one a lot. Because <laughs> I don't want us to perish. Okay, what is it? To live a life worthy of the calling that we have received in Christ Jesus, which is the vision of our church, to live the life of Jesus Christ, to live a life worthy of the calling, amen? Okay, so I say a lot of things over and over and over and over, and they say it if we hear it at least seven times, we might actually get it, right? So, but um, one thing I thought about is how when we say things over and over and over, we teach a principle or highlight a principle over and over and over again, it is because it is for a safeguard for you. Now, when I say you, I'm talking about the collective us. Right? I'm not just saying y'all need just some safeguards. I'm talking about us. He says, to write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. So I thought about that. There is a reason, and I don't feel as bad knowing that Paul did the same thing. But the second thing it, talk, it made me think about is how um, there's things that come up in our lives or things that we should think on or ponder on that we should think on every day, every month, but definitely every year. And it made me think about, like, to think of them over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And it made me think about how the new year, we always make New Year's resolutions. resolutions. And I promise this isn't just a gimmick message, oh, it's the end of the year, he's got to prep something for the new year. This really was on my heart, this idea about resolutions. And resolutions really should be made probably every day, again, maybe every month, but every year at least to start out the new year with some things. And there were some things that I thought about. And as I thought about these three things, I thought, man, if there's anybody who really seemed to get the idea of being resolved about something, resolved about a process, it was the Apostle Paul. And it made me think of one scripture in, in particular, and we'll get to it. But as I read the whole, the whole um, chapter, it made me realize that those three things that I'm going to give you in a minute um, are in this chapter. Can I show it to you? Okay, so starting in verse 2, he says, Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. And put no, here's what he says, and put no confidence in the flesh. Verse 4, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, and when I read that, I thought about resolutions. Let me just say this real quick. I thought about a lot of times we will enter into the new year with a resolution, but our resolutions have to do with what's in our mind according to the flesh. In other words, it's just resolutions. What's the number one resolution? If you were to look it up, the top 10 resolutions of people to lose weight. Now, that's not a bad thing. All of us could probably, you know, slim up, trim up, I'm sure. That's not a bad thing. But that is something that is kind of of the flesh. It's some, so that we can, usually it's not as much about feel better as it is to look better. Okay, so that's kind of a, you know, a thing. So he says, if you have mind to put confidence in the flesh. And I thought about a lot of times, a lot of times, our resolutions have to do with things that really have nothing to do with except things about this <laughs> earthly, worldly life. Like losing weight. 
or I'm going to commit to read more this year, read more novels. I'm going to get 20 books this year. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Think about the resolutions you've made over the years. Usually it has to do with weight, but it might have to do with, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to jog, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff. And I just thought about how when it comes to resolutions, and we'll look at this again, see what he says, but our resolutions can't be about these things. Look what he says or confidence in his flesh. He said, I have reason to have confidence in my flesh. Circumcised on the eighth day. These are all big Jewish to-dos. Circumcised on the eighth day the nation of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, and uh, a Pharisee, which means he was perfect, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. I used to kill, uh, kill Christians. As to the righteousness, which is in the law, I'm found blameless. In other words, and think about what it took to be blameless in the law. To know the law. Think about the, the regiments. Think about the things he probably, I resolved to read and this and that. Think about the things, but at the end of the day, it was just confidence and fleshly things. Now look what he says here in verse 7. But whatever things were gain to me, those things I have counted as loss. And not that, not that I had to lose those things, but that word loss actually means to curb you know, like to curb your appetite for. It means to restrain. It means to, um, to tame or to subdue. So it's like I haven't lost those things or I haven't gotten rid of those things, but I've curbed my appetite for, my, for those things. My flesh and my desire to see those things come to pass or to fruition in my life, the things according to the flesh, those just stuff. I'm, I'm actually curbing that. I'm not getting rid of it. It's still important to go jog a couple day, days a week or to lose weight or to read 20 books. or Whatever your thing is, that's all good. But he says, but all that stuff I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And counted them, but rubbish. And that right here is a, um, a different word for loss of the same root word. But to suffer the loss, that literally means that I have suffered the damage of. In other words, in order for me to not focus on that little fleshly thing and for, focus on this thing more of the spirit, that was actually a big deal for me to give that up. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I kind of suffered. It was a big deal for me. It kind of hurt to curb the appetite in that area or to not focus on my looks or my whatever, okay? So he's like, I, I'm really going the distance here. I'm making the painful efforts to focus on something different, and that is the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And uh, he says, I count them as rubbish. Now, first thing I want you to write down, uh, as you're preparing to make New Year's resolutions, and Sean and I were talking about this the other day at lunch. <clears throat> As you're praying to make New Year's resolutions, and maybe you haven't thought about making one up, um, you've gotten rid of that whole tradition a long time ago because you never could fulfill them. Well, I think it's possible for you to fulfill them. But as you think about doing some sort of resolution in the new year, to start something and to finish it and to say, look what I did that year, listen, be real. And you can write that down. Be real. What, what do you really need to be resolute about this year. You know what I mean? What, what, what do you really need to focus on this year? You know, remember in another place, Paul talks about the difference between spiritual discipline and physical discipline. He said, it's, it's a good thing to discipline your body. That's a very, very good thing to do. But it's even more important to discipline your spiritual body, your spiritual life. And a lot of his teachings are, are, are contrasting the flesh and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit, doing away with the flesh, but um, getting, gaining more of the spirit. And, and my, I'm, my point is, 
is as you're thinking about resolutions, be real about what you really need. I'm going to hammer this a little bit because we don't do that. We will, we will begin spinning our wheels on things that that's not even the issue. My issue is not that I'm 25 pounds overweight. Is it? I mean, that's not great. But that's not, that is not the biggest issue in my life. If I were to get real as real can be, the biggest issue in my life is that I need to grow in the surpassing riches of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen? What I really need to be resolute about is growing in my prayer life, reading the word more, um, um, growing in my faith. You, you hear what I'm talking about? Oh, but Tony, I, no, be real. Get real. Really? What I need to re- work on this year is I just, I just got to lose that 10 pounds. We would spin our wheels and, put, and have our mind on that, the confidence of that versus being resolute about the things of the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? Is it a bad thing to, to want to lose 10 pounds or whatever else? No, but you guys, rarely do I hear someone say that their resolution has to do with how they are going to grow in their faith in Jesus Christ over the next year. I was talking with someone this past year, and I mean this past week, I was floored because their New Year's resolution, I don't know if um, they even called it a resolution, but something that, that um, they've committed to do is to not be critical. Like their first thoughts and their first things, they're going to pause and instead of talking about it to someone or each other or whatever, they're going to take that to the Lord. And they're going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to speak that criticism. I'm not going to think that criticism. Or at least I may think it, but I'm going to try to take that thought captive. You guys hear what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine? Could you imagine if you worked every day, you woke up, and one of the things you th- thought is, today I'm going to continue to try to work on not being critical. Not judging someone so intensely that it would bring up a critical spirit in me. Like, think about how different your life would be that year. I mean, be real. Think about it. Be real. What? Do you need to be resolute about this year? As it pertains to the Lord. So that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, that I may know him. I love this, you guys. Backing up again to verse 9. That I may, so that I may gain Christ. What do I need to do this year and be resolute in? That I may gain Christ. That I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. That doesn't just happen. And that doesn't you don't automatically slip into that if you lose five pounds. You guys hear what I'm talking about? That is a focused, resolute thing that has to do with the things of the Spirit. He says, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. And I don't have time to unpack all that, but basically it's saying that I will personally be able to do what I am critical of not seeing in the church. You guys hear what I'm talking about? How many of you like to see more healings in the church? 
How many of you like to see more people delivered and set free from the iniquities and the besetting sins of their life? You guys hear what I'm saying about How many of you would like to see more people um, equipped and released and winning people to the Lord, people being saved? How many of you would like to see that? Did you know that it starts with us being resolved and growing in our faith and doing and being those things, being real about where we're at and being real about where we need to go and really resolving to the right things? Isn't that true? When we do that individually, we might see more of that stuff that we tend to be critical of. Now, I know we're not here critical, but in general, well, the body of Christ is just, you hear what I'm saying? It starts with us. It always does. And that's one of the things I say all the time. So forgive me, but Paul did it, right? Verse 12, he says, Now, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, And in verse 13, he says, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. Second thing I want you to write down is, first thing was be real. But the second thing is, is be fair. Be fair. And what I mean by that, by being fair, is don't set a goal so uh, in front of you that's so ridiculous. Well, my resolution is to pray eight hours a day every day this year. Really? Be fair, right? Be fair. I love the way well, Paul kind of works this thing. He says, not, have I, not that I've already obtained it all or have already been made perfect. I love that because he's realistic. I do not regard myself as, lay, as laying hold of it yet. And he's fair about where he's at and where he needs to go. I haven't, this is where I want to go, but this isn't what, I haven't, isn't what I've accomplished yet. He's kind of fair to himself. I'm teaching this, but just to be fair, I haven't obtained this either. And his goals, he, he understands, and you see this in the way that he, he talks about fighting. Remember another time, we've been talking about this in staff a lot. He says, I don't fight in such a way as one just beating the air. You know, that's not fighting. That's more like dancing. You know what I mean? Right? Cheerleading. Okay? He says, when I, when I fight, when I do something, I'm going to do it in such a way as that I'm punching, I'm hitting the right things at the right time with the right velocity. That's what I'm talking about. Going into this next year, resolving, but be fair. Okay, be fair. The right place, right, with the right amount of velocity. If you're saying, I'm going into this new year praying for 10 hours a day. Let me know how that works out for you. You know, but you could start out, you know what? This year I commit to pray every day for 15 minutes. Because every day, let's say five minutes. Every day for five minutes is probably more than what most of us do. Typically, right? So be fair. I need to go, but I need to, here's where I need to be. But I also understand, I need, I want to run a 5K. I'm going to run 3.1 miles. I'm going to run in a race. So I'm going to go out and, and run three miles right off. Well, if you've never done it, then forget about it. Hang it up. Be fair. Start off with a half mile, right? It's the same thing in our walk with the Lord. That's why he talks about, I run in a race in such a way as to win. He talks about training, Fight all those kinds of things. He understands the progression. We can learn a lot from reading Paul. Be fair. Not that I've already obtained it or have become perfect. I do not regard myself as laying hold of it. Backing up, he says, here's the deal. But I press on. So that was the second thing, by the way. Be fair. (laughs) Be realistic. Be real and be realistic, okay? I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet. Look what he says here. He says, I press on. Here's what I do do. Here's what I do do. I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ also laid hold of me. 
He said, I press on. I haven't, I'm not perfect. I know that this is a process, but here's what I do. I press on so that I may lay hold of that which Christ also laid hold of me. He goes on to say, one thing I do. I haven't obtained this all yet. I'm not there yet. Just to be fair. I understand this process. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling. Look, listen to these words he's using. I press on towards the goal to run a, a 18-minute 5K. That's not what he says. I press on towards the goal to win the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if you wanted to, you could just put a circle or a square around that word attitude because that's, it, that's where it's at. It's in our attitude. It's in our head. It's in our brain. And the third thing I wanted to say, if you're, as you're thinking about putting a resolution in place for this next year, be real. What do you really need? What, what do you really need to set before you? But be fair. Don't get crazy. I don't mean don't set good goals. I'm just saying be realistic in your approach. But the third thing, and it's, if without this, you're done. Be firm. If you're going to do it, do it. And then what does it take to do it? Does it take someone walking alongside of you? Does it take someone doing it with you? Hey, I'd like to, um, I'm going to start praying for um, seven minutes every day. Seven, seven minutes, seven days a week. Okay? And seven specific prayers in that seven minutes. Whatever you want to do. Would you do that with me? Would you text me or call me? Have you prayed today? Whatever it takes. If it's accountability or if it's a schedule, if it's whatever it takes. Be firm. Put your attitude in place. Instead of having a mind to put confidence in the flesh, have your mind set on the spirit. Set your mind on things above. Be firm. He says, one thing I do I forget about what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, if, anything, uh, if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. So as you're thinking about putting a, a resolution in place, and if you haven't thought about it, I would encourage you to, to get real and see what you really need to put before you. That's what I love about the beginning of the year. I used to, one thing I used to love is the beginning of every school year, which was in August. But I used to love that because it was a chance for me to renew my reputation <laughs> with the teachers. You know what I mean? Oh, here comes Herring again. You know, it's like, no, 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 I'm changed. That three months over the summer, I'm a different man. You know, it's a fresh start. The beginning of the year, as you get older, you see that that beginning of the fiscal year, financially, this, that, and the other. It's a great time to clean the slate. And listen, that's really what the gospel is about, isn't it? Leaving the old and walking in the new. And I thought about this during worship, about how his mercies are new every morning. And so when we find a place, a time where we can, where we can start out new with a new resolve, new goals, but real and right goals, it can be a powerful experience. One of the things we talked a lot, a lot about one of the things we talk a lot about around here is marked change, marked growth, transformational truth. Not just truth. Hey, I'm hearing the word. That was a great sermon, Brother Tony. By the way, don't ever call me Brother Tony. That would make me feel really old. You can just call me T. No. Um, it's a great word. It's a great sermon. Whatever. If it's not changing you, then, then I don't need the props. I don't want the props. 
which is transformational truth, not truth so that we can puffed up in our head full of knowledge, but it's truth that's transforming us. It's only going to transform us when we have our mind set on growing. Otherwise, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Not just a sermon, but a scripture when you read it, or a podcast when you listen to it, or a powerful song when you listen to it. You have to have your mind focused and set on it, resolved. I'm going to change this year. There's going to be marked growth in my life. A lot of us grow. A lot of us grow, but, but it's like by happenstance. We grew a little bit. What if we intentionally put efforts towards growing? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I remember whenever I was, uh, when Melissa and I first got married, I worked a, a job that was really, really physical in construction. And man, I just stayed fit. I was jumping in attics and running around. I looked like a monkey. That's what I did all day. Uh, you know, it was in, in great shape. I didn't even have to work out. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just, I'm, I'm in good shape just because of what I'm having to do in life. You know, just by chance, I'm, I'm staying in shape. But how much more, I mean, how much more if I'd have done that and came home and actually worked out or whatever too? Working out, maybe we do need to have some resolutions towards that this year. But how much more when it's intentional efforts? <laughs> I think about Jacob Cheney. And one of the things I admire about him and Cynthia is I don't know if it's every day, but um, quite a few days a week, they wake up at the crack of dawn, you know what I mean? And they're working out. They're in there in their gym and they're doing whatever it is. Zumba, I don't know what it is y'all do out there, but they're doing something, you know? Does that make sense? He, he takes it serious. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. Why? Because I, I have my heart set on that. Anything that we do, we have to do it with intentionality. Intentionality. So real quick, let's move on. Verse 17, because I'm, I'm really kind of done, but I just want to close out this chapter. It says, brothers, join in following my example. Look what he says. Join in following my examples and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. In other words, follow my example and watch all those who are following my example. Everybody that's living this way, watch those people because you will learn something. And look what he says in verse 18. He also says that because if you're watching those and not the people he's about to describe in 18, you will more likely become like the people in verse 17 rather than the people in verse 18. That was confusing, but if you'll stick with me. In verse 18, he says, For many walk... Of whom, I, of whom I've often told you, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God is there. What does your Bible say right there? Stomach. Stomach. Mine says appetite. Again, things of the flesh. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Two things from 17 and 18 that we, can, that we can gather there is one, if we will surround ourselves with the people who are going and setting the same types of similar goals, we will more than likely live that way too. We will go in that direction, right? It's like grabbing a partner, work out with me, show up at 4.30 at the gym. You know, you're more than likely gonna go in that direction. A lot of times when we try that on our own, it doesn't work, but when we have a partner, so he's saying, watch me and watch those who are also watching me and watch those who are going the same direction. If you don't, you might become like those who, um, who set their mind on earthly things. And he talks about how they'll fall away, basically. Their God is their appetite. But I also thought about this. There's a greater example. We can't, two things. We can't say that we care about our walk with God and not make the right decisions concerning our walk with God. 
Okay, let me say that again. You can't say that you care about walking with God, but not make the right decisions concerning your walk with God. Isn't that true? You also can't say that you care about lost people. Hear me close. You can't say that you care about lost people and wanting to see them saved and not make the right decisions concerning your walk with God. Isn't that true? I mean, am I being too plain here? Am I being too harsh? You can't say that you care about your God, but not, not make the right decisions concerning your walk with God. And you can't say, I care about lost people and not make the right decisions about your walk with the Lord. It doesn't work that way. But when we, when we um, set these goals or we fix our mind on, on Christ, and we set our minds on things above and we're truly going in that direction, our walks with God are going to be just fine. And the people around us, will notice that and they're going to it's, they'll have a better chance of coming to the Lord because they see the real deal. Again, stepping you know off record here, that's another complaint that we have. If I hear another Christian use the word or um, someone that isn't a part of church say the word hypocrisy again or hypocrite again, I think I'll throw up. I mean seriously, but they're right. We're right, aren't we? And all we got to do is be real. What do I really need to work on in 2014? What do, I, what do I really need to make a resolution? And maybe it's a good, I would say this, and you can write this down, I just thought about this. For every fleshly resolution, no, I shouldn't say it that way. For every natural resolution that you make, i.e. losing weight, for every one of those that you do, make one spiritual. For every physical resolution, make one spiritual. Does that make sense? So if, if there's some of you who have a list of 10 things I'm going to do this year, you need to grow that list to 20 tonight, tomorrow, in two days, whenever. Does that make sense? And if you don't know what to put on your list, call me. I'll give you a couple because they're probably on my list. Does that make sense? Verse 20 and 21, for our citizenship is in heaven. That's why we do this. From which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. This, we do this because we love Jesus. We do this because we're not of this earth anymore. We do this because we're born again. Amen. You got to stand with me.